Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Tight trips left. Option look. Keeper Jaron. 10, 5, touchdown Cougars! Jaron Hall scores! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Ben Bagley. And welcome in for the final time of the regular season. Your BYU Cougars take the field in about two hours, hunting for a 10th regular season win of the season, their sixth win over a P5 team, and their fifth win over a Pac-12 opponent. Good evening, BYU fans, and welcome to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tonight, the BYU Cougars wrap up the regular season in L.A. at the Coliseum as they face the USC Trojans. My name is Ben Bagley, and thank you for joining us for BYU Football. Joining me from the Coliseum, I don't know if he's got the headdress on yet or not, the, the helmet with the feathers or not, but former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson is in L.A. He's gone to Hollywood, Riley. How are you? I've got my people working on that. We're... Uh trying to see about directing the band with the sword and headdress or, or helmet on you riding the horse game, but but my yeah that that too my agent uh <laughs> I, you know i've called my agent i have my people working on it in uh, true hollywood fashion nice nice well exciting night for byu I, uh, if you look at it there's a lot on the line a lot, a lot of excitement going into this game as the regular season finale so let's get to it right away with our headlines for tonight's game <laughs> All right, Riley, we start here looking to BYU looking to close the season hunting for win number 10. What does that mean for the Cougars? Boy, it uh, it, it it means the world, really, when you consider that the expectations were so low and them putting an exceptional, really the, the tied for the most talent in the last 21, 22 seasons that they put in, into the league to lose all that and then to face the schedule that they did starting off with the five straight P5s and all of that, to be here looking to get double-digit wins in the regular season, uh, a tremendous accomplishment. Not enough can be said about – and it hasn't been an easy road. I mean, it's been – you look at the offensive line, and they've only started the same uh, – the the same lineup has only started multiple games uh, on two different occasions, and they, they haven't started the same offensive line – for more than three games in a row and same thing with the defensive line and linebackers the receiving cores guys have been in and out and coming back and even you know Jaron had to miss a game and and Baylor come in and step in so this has been a true team effort it hasn't been without its stars obviously you've got your stalwart and Tyler Algier there and a couple other of your mainstays uh, but coach Sitake has absolutely um, done his best job of his head coaching career thus far and I don't even think it's close. Let's move on to headline number two. You are playing, BYU is playing USC, and they're playing them in the Coliseum. You play a storied program in a storied place. You walk through those doors, Riley. What's going through players' minds? Well, you want to respect your opponent, but you don't want to be distracted by the mat. And don't get me wrong, it, it is cool, especially if you're a little bit of a, if you grew up and were a history buff and a, and, uh, and I'm not even talking, I'm talking about uh, when the reason the Coliseum was built, and that was to host the Olympics and the significance of those uh, Olympic Games almost 100 years ago, and then all of the absolute memorable football games that have been played here across the different eras. I mean, you probably hear great stories about games played in the Coliseum 
not only from your dad but from your grandpa and even your great grandpa and then you can remember you know your I know I have a handful of games uh, in my memory bank uh, of games being played here in the Coliseum that I was you know at home watching and and dreaming one day about playing on a stage like that. So BYU's here. So all that said, you respect that, but you, you take care of that in your visit yesterday, you know, on the travel. Once you come out here, it's the field is still 52 yards wide, 100 yards long, and uh, you come out and just take care of business against an opponent who, while uh, has not played to, to the level that they had hoped, is still capable of, of uh, doing some damage, and so you better come in ready to go. You mentioned you mentioned the opponent. USC's had their struggles this year. They fire uh, Helton midseason, so they're playing with an interim head coach, looking to start the next generation of USC football. Uh, a team that, frankly, if you talk to some, looks like they've just packed the season in. But they're still USC. They're still talent. And last week, BYU went to Georgia Southern and struggled with the start. Got it. Got it going in the second half, but the start struggled. So that said, how does BYU? focus on coming out and starting strong well they got enough they should have watched the game tape and well obviously USC couldn't stop from last week where USC couldn't stop UCLA they didn't have they didn't have much trouble scoring either right I see this maybe not on this on the same caliber in in that I don't expect 35 points in a quarter like we saw from Virginia but I think the dynamics of this game are, are very similar where they've got a potent offense they have a Utah kid, I think everybody's aware of this, but for those that aren't, Jackson Dart prepped at Roy High and Corner Canyon High School and is a freshman down here at USC, and he's getting the start tonight. And if you've watched watched him play either in high school or for in the snaps that he's gotten earlier in the season for USC, he's a, a kid that has a lot of guts and a lot of moxie and goes out there and makes things happen. And, he, and he's, uh, he's ultra-talented, and he's surrounded by a bunch of ultra-talented players. So one thing you don't want to – and the difference between the Virginia game and this is that you're on the road. So you don't want to get down early on the road uh, and, and get snake bit. So th those reasons enough, watching the film, respecting their talent and ability should be enough to have you come in focused from the start and do what this team has done so well throughout the season, and that's start fast and start effectively. Those are your front page headlines as we get you ready for BYU versus USC, the regular season finale for the BYU Cougars on what's been a, you know what, maybe we can talk more about this in the postgame, but with a win, might be what you call a historic season for BYU. Coming up next, we talk to Pete Abergast, the play-by-play -play voice of the USC Trojans. This is BYU, or this is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time to get to know the foe as BYU prepares to take on the USC Trojans. And we're joined now in L.A. alongside Riley Nelson uh, the, with Pete Abergast, the play-by-play -play voice of the USC Trojans. I've been Pete called worse. Oh, I've been. Did I butcher that? <laughs> yeah, a little. That's okay. Uh, my bad. Believe me, believe me. I've heard them all from junior high on. Yeah, I apologize for that, <laughs> that's Pete. Okay. Pete. Pete, thanks for joining us. Let's start here with this USC team. The mentality of the Trojans going into this final game of a tumultuous season. Where are they at? They're not good. Uh, it's, it's not a good football team right now. They can't figure out what to do at the right time. Uh, there are pieces of games that they play really, really well. And they'll get in a groove, and they'll be going, 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 and then something will go wrong. Uh, the ref will make a bad call, or they'll they'll drop the ball. Something wrong. Something will go wrong, and uh, and they're they're so weak 
constitutionally that they just the house of cards just falls apart in a, in a light breeze. And it, it's been that way all season long. Uh, they, they've beaten some teams that they're supposed to beat, but the ones that are a little bit better than they are or way better than they are, uh, they, they stay in the game for two and a half quarters and then they fall apart. Is that, I mean, obviously, and we saw this two years ago when USC came into Provo, but you always got to respect, even in the recent years where USC struggled to put together a lot of winning seasons, you always respect the talent. The NFL you know, caliber player output is still high, and that keeps a team like BYU Leary, who maybe doesn't have the, the depth of those caliber of players, um, do they still have that on this team, or have maybe well, they taken a depth in talent? They've got some guys. Uh, I mean, the problem really probably is that they don't have any guys up front necessarily, especially on the defensive side. So you can't stop anybody, uh, especially against the run. But they've also been getting beat deep long now the late last couple of games. Uh, you know, losing your coach, having a the, – the whole thing is in turmoil. And, and in college – I mean, you're still a young guy, and you, you want to have that motivation behind you, and they should have motivation because they know the next coach, whoever it's going to be, is watching all tonight, whoever it is watching this game. They already know who they are. I don't know who they are, but they know who they are. And, and all of that mixed together a little bit takes away from the fact that they've got some really good individual talent. Now the loss of Drake London didn't help many. Uh, probably the best receiver in the country, even though somehow he didn't get listed as a final three guy for the Blitnikoff. He's still leading the country in receptions. But he only played eight games. Yeah. The other guys played 11 and 12 games. He's ridiculous. He's going to be a top three or four pick next year in the draft. Ridiculous receiver. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, there's still talent down there. But but something's wrong in the mix. Something's wrong in the brew right now, and they just can't put it together. They haven't put it together. One, one of those guys with talented uh, locally – BYU, BYU fans may be familiar with Jackson Darts, uh, the freshman QB, is coming in and shown some promise. What, what have you seen in his growth and development in his freshman year there at USC? Well, just a baby. He's only 18. Uh, so he's making that kind of mistake still where he will, like against UCLA last week, he had an open field in front of him, probably could have run for 25. He decided to pull it up and throw it into double coverage, interception in the end zone. Then he'll make some tremendous plays at the same time. So... He does some great things, and he does some freshman things. Uh, he's going to be really good. The really fun thing about it is that I don't know how many fans are going to be here tonight, but whoever is usually sits up in the front of their seat, and the players seem to play better. They seem to have more energy. The crowd and, and the team seem to have more energy when he's in there. He's kind of got that spark to him. Yeah, it might have to do with a little bit of his face paint, which was unique when he got thrown in the uh, middle of the season. Uh, was you know, he looks like such a surfer boy. He wears the puka <laughs> shells. He's got the blonde hair <laughs> flying around. So you think he's from San Clemente down in Orange County, but you know, then, then we, he's from Utah. What? Yeah, no, it's uh, his his progression from being all the way up in Roy, which is a very like workmanlike and non-sexy part of Utah, and then of course he transferred his senior year to one of the premier programs, and it made the world a difference in his recruiting and, and, and things like that. But I uh, was going to ask you uh, another BYU connection for this team. Vic Soto was a player that I played with. He's the D line coach. You mentioned they're struggling uh, up front. Um, it's not because of him. Yeah, I was going to ask how, how do they for for all the BYU fans out there that remember Vic? How's Vic done since joining the staff? I, I think the guys like him very much. He just doesn't have a lot of uh, depth, and and some of the starting guys got hurt and have kind of maintained injuries all season long, uh, and they've moved bits around like Drake Jackson. He should be on the line as a defensive end, making the rush every time, but he, they drop him into coverage sometimes and. Uh, trying to get him ready for the NFL. I think he's still better suited as a, as a DE. So they're, they're, 
there's a lot of moving parts and all that. Uh, nothing's really settled. Uh, and the guys that they have settled on aren't the best. They're not All-American guys, like we've come to know here over and over and over again. They're, they're, there's no Leonard Williams. There's no Mike Patterson. There's no, none of those guys are here right now. Yeah. Defensively for USC, Pete, fans watching this game, BYU uh, brings in Tyler Algier, who's had a great season. He's another one of those that uh, you, you mentioned, the, the, the Bolitnikovs with Doak Walker. There's some question marks there with Tyler Algier not making the final three. Uh, the, but the defensive strength for USC, what are we looking at from that Trojan defense? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, catch as catch can. Uh, sometimes, like I said, sometimes they play well. In moments, they play well uh, and, and can and make you confused and, and hit hard and, and they're in the right place at the right time. And then so many moments, uh, they can't stop the sisters of the poor. Uh, everybody's been able to run on them with any kind of running game. And Algier reminds me a little bit of the guy we saw last week with UCLA and Charbonnet. Uh, big, sturdy, you just run you over. And, and if they want to give him the ball 40 times and just send him up the middle 40 times, he'll, he'll gain 215 yards. And, and, and then Hall throws for, you know, another buck 20, you know, 225 or something, game's over. So unless you could figure out, I don't know how, because they've never figured it out so far this season. But if they can all of a sudden figure it out, and play better against the run, then, then things change. But uh, you keep expecting different things to happen, <laughs> and they never do. And I think that's the actual definition of idiocy. Yeah, or insanity. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. So sitting at 6-4, and four, two games to go with the Cal game being canceled earlier this season and kicked till next week. Is this USC team motivated to get into a bowl or play postseason, well, or are they packing it in? I am. I'm paid by the game. So I really <laughs> want to win tonight and next week against Cal because then I get a bowl game. Um, I, they've got a, There are things that you and I think about because we're older guys, but I don't know if they're thinking about I know the coaches are trying to make them think about these things. The fact, like I mentioned, they're auditioning for their new coaches and for playing time next year, whether it's here or they go in the portal and go somewhere else. They're auditioning right now. It's senior night. That's a big deal. Um, they could play in a bowl game, but do they want to? I don't. They're you know four and six. You got to win two. I don't know. They haven't looked like they're particularly motivated and highly spirited the last few weeks. And and when the game fell apart last week, they came back. They had a nice rally against UCLA. Got to within nine in the third quarter with two minutes. Crowd was kind of interested. UCLA returns a kickoff, 100 yards. Adios. You know, nobody ever heard from them again, and, and it really got ugly in the fourth quarter. And uh, There was some talk from UCLA players. I haven't heard it on, from our guys, but there was some talk from UCLA players that there were SC guys that gave up, especially on the defensive side. And at practice this week on Tuesday, uh, it was well documented that they came out and had a lousy effort at the beginning of practice, so much so that the interim coach, Dante Williams, stopped practice, called them together, and said this is, this is not going to work and if you guys want to run the rest of the day that's great but let's get out here and play some football and he said things improved a little bit after that but he had to get on them to do it hmm. well pete hopefully hopefully for all our sakes we hope it's an entertaining game tonight i imagine uh, if things go according to hoyle uh and that is a card playing term in case you don't know uh i, I think we're going to have a game i think for about two and a half quarters and then something will go wrong for sc and that's where it'll fall apart probably that's that's the mo lately anyway the only thing that suggests otherwise to me is that score by quarters for byu in the first quarter it was 133 to 30 something yeah. like that and you know that worries me greatly 
Because if SC doesn't come out ready to play at the beginning of the game, it's 24 nothing. then we can all go home, you know. Yep. Well, what we'll do, we'll just stop the game, pick new teams, trade <laughs> uniforms, and just have a, have a better yeah. game. There you go. There you go, Pete. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Always a pleasure. Up next in Cougar Cuts, well, Kalani Sataki addresses, talking about playing in L.A. in the Coliseum and what it means for his team. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time for Cougar Cuts. Despite the record, the Trojans still dangerous, according to Kalani Sataki, who says nothing is going to be easy playing in the Coliseum. We respect all, all the opponents that we go against, and it's, it's not like we look at a record and then we think any less of someone. The, the focus is for us to be at our best and play at our best, and, and uh, we, we expect to get every opponent, we expect to get their best shot. We're a ranked team, and so it's not like we're, uh, you know, that we're hiding from anybody. Everybody knows what we're about. They see us on film, uh, and so we, we anticipated going into, into that Georgia Southern game anticipating their best shot. Uh, you know, winning for their seniors. They wanted to perform at their best. And, and uh, you know, we didn't do that in the first half. We did that in the second half. And, and grateful we got the win. But the goal here is to, is to focus on the, what we see on film. And that's great athleticism, great talent, and a team that has a lot to play for. And so we're expecting their best shot. We need to make sure that they get ours as well. Riley, we get the message last segment from Pete Arbogast on the USC side. Then you get Kalani Sataki, of course, from the coach's standpoint, saying there's still talent there, and BYU's got to got to be aware of that. There most definitely is, and there, I mean, Pete's got his take as a member of the media, and obviously he's been doing this for decades, and and knows his stuff, but he's not in the locker room, and and the only and the guys who are in the locker room are the guys who are going to be on the field tonight. So, who knows how how desirous they are to play in a postseason game, or you know how much they want to put. Maybe he mentioned it. Maybe there's some guys thinking about finding a, a fresh start somewhere else, and they want to put it on tape for their new team or new coach. So, there's a lot of different motivating factors that uh, BYU cannot come out and. Uh, expect to, to steamroll or cakewalk these guys or just win them because they're BYU. Maybe in a game like last week against the Georgia Southern, and, and even in that game we saw a three-point game at halftime where nobody thought they would be. Uh, you get in that situation against USC, and it's a lot more tenuous of a situation. So just like Coach Satake uh, illustrated in that last Cougar cut, BYU's got to come out ready to go. Well, you, I think you, you said it well in our interview last segment. It's still USC. Um, th- this isn't. This is a team who, regardless of how much they're struggling, they've got they get talent. So there's talent there. These are these are guys who are talented players who are capable of doing great things, and that's what you got to be aware of. And uh, oftentimes the opponent is nameless or faceless, and I don't know how many of Cougar Nation, our listeners out there, remember Vic Soto. But I I played two years with Vic, and he's gone on to have a great coaching career, and. So now, but knowing Vic, there's no way in heck Vic would ever lay down 
for anybody. And if he has anything to say about it, which he does as the defensive line coach here on this staff, and I'm assuming that the majority of the coaches are like him, are, are similar to him, they're still coaching their butts off. They're still putting it together the game plan. They're still doing everything they can to motivate the players. Now, if the players don't come out and execute, then that's another thing. But to, to have any kind of uh, you know, supposition that these guys are going to lay down would just be extremely foolish. USC QB Jackson Dart, he played locally at Roy and Corner Canyon and was recruited by BYU. Kalani Satake discussed facing a player he was hoping would be wearing BYU blue. Yeah, great player. Um, we recruited him, and, and he's got a wonderful family. Uh, he's been trained really well. He's got great football IQ, good presence on the field. He can hurt you with his arm, and he can run as well. So put that all together and surround him with a physical, athletic line and, and capable receivers and, and ball carriers. They have every bit of our attention. And, and knowing that kid and being around him and, and, and talking to him in the recruiting process, he, you know he'll be ready for this. He's, he's a, he's a big-time player. Um, and then looking forward to seeing him, you know, and, and always wishing him the best in every game except for this one. So, uh, but he's a great young man and, and, uh, and a, a great talent. And so it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be a lot of fun to, to see him on the field and, and to see, you know, our teams compete. Jackson Dart, definitely talented, but he is a freshman. And as Pete talked about last time, he's going to make some freshman mistakes. But this is a kid who's talented. I mean, BYU, I know Kalani Stocky was going hard after him. And it was, it was one of those things that's right up to signing day. Yeah, Jackson Dart is one of the best quarterbacks to come through. Uh, this is going to be a little bit tongue-in-cheek, Ben, and hopefully our listeners can t- take this for all the Uncle Rico-ness that it's worth. <laughs> but he, he he gave my touchdown record a scare. I don't. I, I, it, may, it may sound pathetic to some, but I still keep an eye on it. Those uh, there's not there's not very many of them left standing from the old prep days for for Uncle instead of Uncle Rico we'll say Uncle Riley over here but no Jackson Dart was an incredible player in the state of Utah one of the best to come out of there in a long time and he's and I've been impressed by him you know I I got to be honest I I thought that he was a better fit at, at, at a place like I didn't know that he had the Hollywood bright lights like Moxie and Capote. I knew he was a great player, and I was cheering for him to go to BYU. I thought it was a great fit him to come in here and be a legendary player. But guess what? He got his opportunity to play here at USC, and he has not shied away in the least bit. He's embraced it. He brings that workmanlike, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit in the QB read segment. But that he brings that Utah toughness uh, to this USC team where. Maybe they've lost a little bit of that, and for that, he's endeared himself to his teammates. He's, you heard Pete mention that he's endeared himself to this fan base, and every opportunity he's gotten to uh, be on the field and, and make plays, he's taken full advantage of, and I expect nothing less tonight. Don't say yourself short, Riley. I was a big Uncle Riley fan back in the day. <laughs> hey, USC is one of the most historic college football programs there is, and Jaron Hall talked about how much he followed the Trojans growing up. I mean, growing up watching Reggie Bush, um, you know, he was a, one of my favorite players as a young kid to watch. Um, watch YouTube videos on his stuff, and you know, I saw the saw the crowd, you saw the stadium, and then following Pete Carroll, you know, to to Seattle where you know Russell Wilson plays, so I watched. So just kind of in, in that sense, I've you know been aware of USC and, and history there. So it'll be it'll be fun to play there Saturday. We, we talked about this earlier, Riley. It's USC, it's the Coliseum. This is something that as college football fans, you saw these games a lot on Saturdays uh, growing up, and it's USC. There's something about it. There is, and also you're here 
Uh, the players don't have the view from the press box, but as I'm looking out over the field, you've got the Olympic torch in the east uh, in the east end zone, and, the, and that hole opening up, and then right behind that, and the big screen is downtown LA, and then you go to the other side of the stadium, and out there you have uh, the palm trees, you, you know, the sun setting behind the ocean and the palm trees, and it just it feels big time. It, it feels unique. Now the crowd's not going to support that tonight, I don't think. At least the crowd wearing uh, maroon and gold. The crowd coming in here wearing you know blue and white is I think definitely going to bring the energy and bring the noise and I think there'll be a, a ton of them but regardless uh, you you never you always want to show out whether you are playing in Statesboro Georgia you know in a, in a stadium that was probably as big as a lot of these kids high school stadiums or you're playing in the LA Coliseum it, you only get a finite number of chances to come out and represent uh, that Y on your helmet, and not only that, but you're representing your family whose name is on the back of your jersey, and you're representing yourself and all the hard work that you've put in over the years as a football player. And so for all those reasons, you want to come out and, and give it your best shot. With the Cougars on the cusp of back-to-back double-digit win seasons, we talked about this earlier, Malik Moore was asked what it would mean to get 10 regular season victories again for BYU. Oh, it would mean a lot. Like a 10-2 and two season? Shoot, that would go crazy. Get us a little good, little bowl game. Hopefully New Year's Six, we're going to see. Riley, 10 wins, two seasons in a row is an impressive feat, and a lot of these guys were involved in both of them. I think that's got to play very uh, front of mindish for some of these players going into tonight's game. It has, and I, I mean – Look, BYU has never played a schedule like the one they did this year. We've we've documented in previous broadcasts this is the most wins versus P5 opponents. Uh, they have some tremendous uh, stats and trends to, to be able to go off of, and arguments to make that even though some of the opponents haven't lived up to the billing, you know, Arizona obviously has had their struggles. This USC team is struggling. Uh, you know, Virginia got snake bit by a, an injury to their quarterback, so their season didn't maybe pan out as much as it has. But you've got to win against Ute, not only your rival, but your rival who's – uh, you know, going to be playing in the Pac-12 championship game and has a chance at a Rose Bowl, and and you you beat that caliber of team as well as other cal you know other teams that are competing for conference championships. Utah State's playing for their conference championship. You know, Arizona State it was ball a winning record P5 team, uh, one who had a lot of high hopes and and came out and had a really good season. And you you notched wins against all those, and you notched wins in impressive fashion. So um, this season. I, and now they got to take care of business because because they can't fizzle. I I think back to that 2001 season where the you know 12 and 0 and all those, and then comes the Hawaii game and comes the bowl game, and and now that season, even though we have great memories of it of Brandon Doman and Luke Staley and Todd Heap and all those guys doing their thing, um, it, it's forgotten in that conversation of you know maybe the 96, the 14 and one, or obviously I don't think anything's going to surpass the 1983 national championship year. But when you think about the greatest BYU football seasons of all time, uh, and, and you, this one has a chance to be in that conversation. Absolutely, it does. That's going to wrap things up for Cougar Cuts. Before we go to break, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. 
Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And before we get to Shep Talk, a huge congratulations is in order for BYU women's soccer, who just beat South Carolina 4-1 on Southfield and advances to the College Cup for women's soccer, the Final Four of women's soccer. Congratulations to the BYU women's soccer team. This week for Shep Talk, we go with the big man on campus. That's the QB1, Jaron Hall. Hall started nine of the 11 games for BYU this season. He's got everything the Cougar offense has needed. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is 18-3. to His running ability has added a dynamic to the quarterback position that's crucial in today's game. Here is Jason Shepard and Jaron Hall on this week's Shep Talk. Jaron, uh, I ran into your dad at the Atlanta airport uh, last weekend, and I'm always amazed when I see, regardless of the sport, the families that foot their own bill to travel across the country and see their kids play. That has got to be an unbelievable thing to know that your parents are doing that to come and see you. What a great feeling that has to be. Yeah, I think that's the highlight of my night. You know, anytime we play away is, you know, aside from all the fans who travel, but, you know, getting dressed after the game, going out and then just seeing your family who spent their own money, paid their way to go and love and support you. I think that's uh, that's why we play football. That's why, at least that's why I do. That's why I do what I do is for my family. So to be able to see my parents and my wife, my baby after games, it's, uh, it's a really rewarding, rewarding feeling. And how is little Jada? Uh, Jada is good, man. Jada's doing what Jada does. So she's uh, lighting up everybody's life. Just being a cute little self, man. She's fun. We've all gone through this. Anybody that has kids knows how it is different. How has it changed your football, do you think? Um, I think it's, uh, it's, I think it's helped me focus up a little more, you know, just seeing that football is an opportunity. If you take advantage to provide for your family, at least it could be for me. And so, you know, seeing my little girl every day, um, seeing my wife, it's, uh, it just makes it more realistic, makes it more important to me, um, which increases my love for the game because of what it could potentially do for us in the future so I think it just you know helps me just just focus in and, and really love the game more so that I can take care of those guys hey one day you'll be uh, traveling around the country following uh, her or any of your other kids that you have exactly. you'll, be, you'll be the dad doing that now that's, that's the goal man I hope so so we'll see it is always crazy when the season reaches this point you're at the end of the regular season I, I always think it goes by so fast how would you describe this season for you on a personal <laughs> level and then the team at this point uh, there's been a lot of growth for me personally. I'm finally playing in a full season as a quarterback here at BYU. I've been able to learn a lot under the coaches from my players and teammates. And then as a team, I think we've really found our identity as a team who can win any game we need to. Um, it's been really rewarding to see how we just find ways to adjust during games, no, no matter how the game's going. I think you look at every game over the year, and each game provides something different, some th- different type of adversity or something good that clicks, um, and just finding different ways to win, you know, very versatile. And it's, uh, it's a comforting feeling to know when you step on the field that, you know, you and your your guys around you will find any way you have to to win. Where do you think that comes from? Is it is it leadership? Is just the overall talent on the team? Where have you guys been able to have that ability? Because we saw it last year, too, and obviously the team's a little different last year. Yeah, sure. but, but this is something that we've seen. Where's it come from? Yeah, I think it started last year, as you point that out. Um, going into COVID, not sure if we'd be able to play. Just having the, the the gratitude in our hearts of the team last year, being able to work out when other teams were in the summer, being able to you know be independent and have our own schedule when a lot of conferences weren't playing, and just being able to play that first week of college football and to play the rest of the year, other than one one game that we weren't able to play last year due to COVID. But um, I think it started then with gratitude, and it just leaked into this year, not realizing 
you know, still how grateful we should be to play this game. And I think it just fuels our love for the game. And I think Kalani does a great job of inspiring us and, and helping us remember why we do what we do. That's to love and learn. And um, just a combination of those things, just gratitude and love, um, just, just feeds into our love for the game and our desire to work and, and win. Talking with BYU quarterback Jaron Hall here on Cougar Pregame Live. Jaron, I think I know you pretty well. And one of the things I believe is one of your best traits is that you never look rattled. Maybe you are, but you never show it. And I think that is such an important thing for an athlete and certainly a quarterback. How much of that is just your overall confidence in your own abilities? How much of that is your command of the offense and knowing the talent around you? Or is it kind of a mixture of all of it? Yeah, I think I got to credit my guys around me for a lot of that. Um, when you step out there and you see the dudes you have in front of you blocking you, Tyler and Peeney next to you, and then the studs out of receiver and tight end, um, it makes me comfortable, man. I know that whatever's called, you know, you got A-Rod in the box calling his plays, all those things in combination, it helps me stay confident and focused. You know, I just got to do my job, just focus on what I got to do. And if you do that, um, when that comes with experience, you can just focus on what your job is, not get too complicated. And I think it's pretty easy to remain calm and just know you got to do your job and it'll work itself out. Let's focus on USC. Despite a season in which they've struggled, certainly not the year that they had hoped hoped for. We obviously know that the Trojans have a wealth of talent. They're able to get athletes yeah. into that program. How do yeah. you view this matchup? Yeah, I mean, this team's as well recruited as any team in the country. So they have great players, great talent. Um, any team can have a down year for whatever reason. Um, and it's not something we're going to look past, you know, uh, it's despite their record, they're still a very talented team. As you mentioned, they got a lot of experience and um, and they got something to prove still this season as do we. And so I think mean, they'll be ready to play. I know they will be. Um, and so for us, that's our focus is to, to not, you know, get lackadaisical because it's the last game of the regular season, not to feel like, oh, we've, we've made it. We've won nine games. You know, just forget all that and just go win the next one, just like we have, you know, up to this point, have that same focus, same mindset. At this point, what do you know about the USC defense? Very athletic, man. I mean, they're big up front, uh, athletic backers. They got good instincts in their secondary. So they're going to be a great football team. So we've got to be ready to execute because despite their record, they're going to be as good as their talent is, you know? We all have fun with the winning the Pac-12 stuff. Fans enjoy that. Media's talked a whole lot about it. Is that a big deal to you guys? I mean, how much of a feather in your cap would it be really to be able to go undefeated against the Pac-12? I mean, anytime you talk undefeated, that's, I mean, that's why you love to play the game. Uh, so I guess, I mean, that's funny. I'm glad the fans enjoy that. But for us, I think right now it's uh, something we got to look past, you know, just be mature enough to kind of forget about all that, the talk on the outside, let the fans enjoy it and do it. Um, and that's something you kind of laugh about after the season. So right now it's just another game for us. Um, now, if you can use that for motivation, I think that's great. But I think the overall feel right now is, is just another opponent for us, despite what conference they're in, and we just got to go take care of our business. Well, a win gives you guys double-digit victories in the regular season again. How big would that be for you, and how much of a goal is that for you guys? Yeah, so it's a wonderful goal, man. I mean, in college football, it's hard to do that. It's hard to win games at all, and I think you've heard a lot of guys and a lot of our coaches say that throughout this year. College football gets tougher and tougher each year as the talent grows amongst these kids. Um, and so I think for us to get double-digit wins again would be, um, you know, just credit to all the players and coaches, the hard work we've put in. So that would be, you know, a great goal for us. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Jaron, let's wrap it up with the final four. Here are your personality questions. What's your favorite BYU uniform combination? Apparently, you guys are going to go with the Royal Oreos, where it's been mm -hmm. dubbed this week. But what's your favorite combination of the uniforms? Oh, man, Billy has... He has outdone himself this year for sure. Um, there's a lot of there. I don't know if there's any uniforms I don't like, but my favorite so far, I think, has been the uh, the Navy Color Rush that we wore at Boise State. I'm a big, I mean, I used to be a big Royal guy, but after seeing those navies come out, just a little something different on such a, you know, a long time color. I really like that one.
Yeah, that one looks nice. All right, uh, the song, group, or artist that you are embarrassed to admit that you like. Oh my gosh, that I'm embarrassed to admit that I like. Oh, um, oh, I, I got it. I don't even know her name. I've been listening to some of her stuff. Let me pull this up real quick. You're gonna go on. You're gonna go to the phone now. I hope. I hope uh, she sings very appropriate songs always. But this is one song I've been listening to. It's from Kim Petrus. It's her name. It's an old old song. She's just a girl artist. She got a couple of songs that me and my wife, or maybe it's just me. I can't, I'm not going to throw my wife on. I'm not going to use her as an excuse. I like her stuff, man. So okay. that's how you say her name, Kim Petrus or something like that. Okay. Your favorite athlete past or present is who? Oh, my, uh, probably my pops and my, my older brother, KJ. Look at you. Keeping it in the family. That's what I like. Oh, my brother Dawson, there too, because he's playing baseball at BYU right now. So those yeah. two. I got to see Dawson uh, a couple of weeks, uh, well, about a month ago, I guess now, some of the uh, the scrimmages against Utah. All right, last thing. The best thing about being a part of BYU football is what? Playing in front of a fan base that we do every single week. I don't think anything beats it. So it's uh, it's an honor, man. It's it's so fun. No matter where you go, you know you're going to have a lot of people behind you, a lot of energy, and it, it makes playing all the more worth it. Jaron, I always appreciate the time. You're one of my favorites. Good luck against the Trojans and the rest of the season. We will certainly talk down the line. Thanks, man. Thanks, Shep. There's Jason Shepard with QB, BYU QB1, Jaron Hall. Coming up next, we go the QB read with Riley. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time, as it is every week at this time, for our QB read with Riley. Riley, today we're going to go a little bit different for you. You're going to, we're going to talk a little high school football. Well, it's it's high school football, but really it's a so it's a tweet from former Cougar Brady Papinga. I think a lot of our listeners out there might be uh, f- more familiar with his little brother Kelly, just because Kelly was more recent. And, of course, was uh, was on the coaching staff, so they remember him. But Brady is Kelly's older brother. Uh, he, similar to me, he started his career at Utah State, transferred to BYU. And unsimilar to me, went on to have a great uh, career in the NFL, actually winning a Super Bowl with the Packers back in 2010. So, um, uh, But he's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, and he didn't pay me. This isn't a paid advertisement or anything. He's just a fellow BYU alum who, who's, uh, you know, worth a follow. He's he's an absolute unapologetic Taysom advocate. You'll see plenty of criticism of Sean Payton and the Saints and how they've used Taysom in his career. And anyway, he's got great opinions on all things, uh, on all things football. Just with last week with the uh, state high school football championships, and Brady, even though he lives here in Southern California, still has ties, family ties back to the state of Utah. And he was tuning in. He had a nephew who was playing in one of the state championship games back in Utah. And he just sent this tweet. He said the biggest difference after saying that he hasn't paid much attention to high school, but now he's doing it because he's got a boy and his nephew. He's paying more attention to high school football and living here in Southern California. He says the biggest difference between Utah high school football and California high school football is toughness. Utah kids are more physical and grittier than California. And I, just in my observation, that's – first of all, that's part of the – back when I was playing, we maybe didn't have the top-end talent. And this is a microcosm of the BYU football program. So I'm not I'm while I'm talking high school football, really I'm talking the, the BYU football program. Okay, so 
back in the day, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you didn't have the top end, you didn't have the flash, you didn't have the athletes that they did. So how did you compete? Well, you competed on toughness, execution, smarts, right? Because you were always at a disadvantage maybe in 40 times of quickness. Well, what's happened over the last 15, 20 years? We're seeing more four-star recruits. Even a couple, you know, there's even a five-star that's popped up. And you're seeing Utah has grown in its development of its prep players uh, for college prospects. And you've seen the local schools benefit from those. And I would say uh, no more school than any other school in the state than BYU. When you look through their roster, and, I'm, and I've got both of these rosters in front of me, yeah, they're both national recruiters. USC maybe a little bit more so than, than BYU as I see some Floridas, some Alabamas, some Texases. But I'd say still uh, two-thirds of the rosters here in California. Same thing with BYU. You know, I see some – it stays more Western United States, but plenty of Texas, Washington, California, Arizona. Uh, but, I'd, again, I'd say, you know, two-thirds of it is is you are, are Utah boys, right? And I think this is going to be a key element of tonight's game. And and their play-by-play guy, our guest and know the foe, Pete Abergast, said, said as much. He said that this team just – isn't really tough. They they go about two and a half quarters, and then adversity will hit, and they'll kind of cave. Whereas we've seen this BYU team, game after game, especially early the first half of the season, they get two and a half quarters in and face adversity, and then respond. Right? We've seen it in the form of seven minute drives to close out a game. Right? right games where they just run, and everybody in the stadium knew they run, but the offensive line and Tyler Algier took care of it. So running out the last seven minutes of a game not to give your opponent the ball back. We've seen scores to bring it within three points, and the offense goes right back down the field and scores it to extend the lead back out to 10 and to keep the game out of reach. And So I just it's, – it's not a wonder – so that tweet from Brady Papinga about the toughness in preps, to me – has fed upstream into the collegiate level where I think that's going to be a key element we see tonight where this BYU football team, two things. One, the talent gap is closed from where it was 15, 20 years ago. And the athletes, you know, Tyler Algier would play for USC. Puka Nakua would play for USC. You know, along with uh, those are just the first two off the top of my head. But, but a host of others would be the caliber of athletes and players where, you know, I don't know that you could say that 20 years ago. So, first of all, that's close. And then where where maybe there's been a reduction in some of you got this West Coast kind of life's pretty easy out here. The weather's always great. If you look at the, the genesis of all these seven-on-seven leagues that these high school kids where they play seven-on-seven year-round and they don't ever actually hit, they don't ever actually tackle, they don't ever actually play real football, all of that started out here. And you've seen it hurt a lot of the colleges that are based out here on the West Coast as opposed to Utah where they've been able to maintain that tough, gritty, smart, execution-based identity as the talent development has increased. And to me, that's culminated in, in BYU sitting here, you know, 9-2 and two and an opportunity to get 10 regular season wins against an opponent like USC. You know, and that's, that's an interesting thing as far as that goes. I mean, this has been something that has for, for a long time. The West Coast is about the flash, the Rocky Mountain. Brady actually, when he was here at BYU, famously said, and maybe maybe it was right after he left, but he said BYU should always be good at one thing, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, linebackers, and tight ends because they're mountain people. And, and those are the positions that are grit, gritty, strong, and have that mentality. Yeah, and when you get some of your skill position guys that – you know, Tyler Algier, who can run around you and run through you, or, you know, Puka Nakua, who's another guy that he 
the dude blocks. He he runs physically with the ball in his hand, but also he can beat you out with quickness off the line and streak down the field. You know, in a foot race against any DB. When you get those guys buying into those elements of the game, at the end of the day, football is a is a violent sport that's based on. Your, your level of success will always be directly correlated to the level of physicality you bring to, to your play. And that's one of the great, in spite of all the, the flash of athleticism and all those other things that we tend to focus on because of things like the NFL combine and 40-yard dash times and all that, it does come back to that physical, that physicality, that, that mental attitude. And that's something that uh, I think will be, give a significant advantage to BYU in tonight's matchup. Uh, well, it'll be fun to watch that and see if Brady Papinga. By the way, Brady Papinga, you, you gave him a great intro. Maybe one of his best accomplishments is his work with Fox Sports Spanish speaking. He's helped call a Super Bowl for Fox Sports in Espanol. So that's pretty Putting darn that missionary service to work. It's, uh, <laughs> Amen. Kids out there, be industrious and think about how you can leverage it. It's not just those two years. Amen to that. Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice Greg Rebell. Cougar Pregame Live continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back in. It is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Joining us now in L.A. is the voice of the BYU Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, let's talk some football in a moment first. You're also the voice of BYU women's soccer who advances to the College Cup. Congratulations to the women's soccer team. It's the other kind of football, Ben. Football. Yes, and BYU is in the College Cup for the first time in program history. A career milestone for Jen Rockwood. I mean, she's done everything else you could possibly do in the game. This is really the only thing... uh, you know, not on the resume yet, and and now it is. Uh, she'll go to a Final Four, and what a task now. Uh, the NCAA normally puts you into a neutral field situation in these Final Fours, and it was to be that way in San Jose at the Earthquake Stadium, Avaya Stadium in San Jose, but conflicts with the MLS meant that the NCAA moved the Final Four to Santa Clara, and wouldn't you know it, the defending national champion Santa Clara will be on their home field in the Final Four hosting BYU on Friday. So it'll be a WCC rematch. It's been a tough game for BYU in the past, but the revenge tour continues, right? They, uh, they, they beat Virginia last week, Virginia, which knocked BYU out of the NCAA tournament in the spring, and now they get Santa Clara, which by virtue of their win over BYU in the fall, shared the WCC title with BYU. So chance to get one back on the biggest of stages. So hearty congratulations to Jen Rockwood, Brent Anderson, Steve Magleby, the entire BYU women's soccer staff, all the players. Braces tonight from Akeli Moore and Michaela Coulihan. A couple of seniors going out the right way, right? Your final game at Southfield, and they each scored two goals. Storybook stuff, massive crowd, 4,000-plus. Just couldn't get any better. And this day, Ben, 
we hope gets a little better, but it has you know, how could it be any better to this point? Uh, women's basketball goes on the road, wins a tournament in Florida. Women's soccer qualifies for the Final Four. The men are about to tip it off on the hill in basketball, and of course we've got the game coming up here at the Coliseum. So we hope that the good vibes continue all the way through the night, Ben, and into the morning as this spectacular sports Saturday for BYU continues. I would say amen to that, Greg. Now from football back to football, BYU at USC tonight in the Coliseum. You and Riley on the call. This one, you just got done talking to Kalani Satake. Any late-breaking news for us? Well, I, there's a little bit of news, uh, and it's, it's positive news. BYU gets an offensive lineman back tonight, Campbell Barrington who had to miss the last game, was replaced by Braden Keim, uh, is available to play tonight. Uh, Kalani says that Braden should get the first snaps, but that uh, Campbell should be available to play. So that's good. So BYU's up to uh, uh, really uh, six guys uh, for five spots they feel really, really good about right now. Um, no Chaz Ayu yet. Uh, maybe people are wondering when he might be able to come back. Won't be this week. So those are really the, the, the two main personnel notes of note on either side of the ball. And, you know, you, you guys talked with, uh, with Pete Arbogast, uh, and, and you got a sense of where USC is right now. And that's the big question, Ben, I think, tonight, is beyond the X's and O's, beyond the tactics, is how does USC respond if adversity should hit early in this one? And, and adversity has kind of been the theme the last few weeks because everyone is scoring on the Trojans. And uh, last week, of course, UC, uh, UCLA to the extreme, and I think USC kind of went away after UCLA's lead got big enough. And so, uh, you know, let, let's see if the Trojans find themselves in that position because they're, they're, they're in, in desperation mode in one sense and maybe kind of playing out the string in another depending how things go tonight because they need to win two to get bowl eligible. But just how much is driving this team to that goal is, to me, the main question. Greg, probably nothing from uh, Sataki on this front, but what sense do you get from maybe some of the players or other sense that they want to really put in it with this being their final and conference championships being next week, really put an exclamation point and try and win, but also win in style tonight? Yeah, it's, it's one last chance to showcase your product for the national audience. And, and whether or not it breaks BYU's way, uh, who's to say? It hasn't really gone well today that way. A lot of things have to happen for to, to, to keep BYU in the New Year's Six mix. But all you can do is 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 take care of your own business. And 10-2 and two is a worthy result this year. Should the Cougars get there with a win tonight, 10-2 and two, uh, would be you know honestly earned, right? Seven P5s on your schedule, uh, six P5 wins, uh, double digits before the postseason. Uh, no one can really, you know, poke holes in what BYU's accomplished this year, and and a tenth win would be the capper on that presentation. And then you again, you need some things to break right, and they haven't today. But uh, you know, ultimately, these last two years, double-digit win seasons in both, um, ideally, right? They have to win one more game, right? But last year, they were like maybe a yard away from a perfect season at Coastal Carolina, and this year, you know, maybe a fumble or two away from being in the New Year's Six where they wanted to be. So really close. But I think ramping up. You know, I still look look big picture at this, and I, I, I you know, I, I take a look at where the Big Twelve. Uh, brings BYU in in a couple of years and how BYU can kind of hit the ground running in that situation and not be treading water. And I think these seasons, uh, Riley and Ben, are a big part of that of that progression. Well, you talk about it, Greg. And, and I mean, it, we're playing BYU's playing USC tonight, and, and I hate to back burner that, but these last two seasons for BYU have been historic in, in what they accomplished last year with all the adversity of a COVID year. And then all the adversity of what was a very daunting schedule and is a daunting schedule for BYU this year. And to go through those two seasons with right now just three losses, I mean, that puts this, these, the, the, the players that have been on these last two teams right there with many other 
historic and storied BYU players. Is there a sense on the staff and the team that, hey, they are they are writing history for BYU right now? I, I think that's exactly the case, and you're going to hear Kalani reference that in our pregame interview. I finished off the interview by saying, hey, you know, soccer's just finishing off their win. What a great day it's been for BYU. And, and Kalani talked about how it's all kind of linked together. You know, the season BYU's having, the seasons the women's teams are having, the, the, the Big 12 admission, it's all part of a wave that, that everyone's kind of riding right now. And this isn't going to be a one-month wonder kind of thing. This is where BYU, I think, is, is and is going to be at, um, you know, for the next couple of years heading into the Big 12. And so uh, no better time to be a Cougar. You know, whether or not this thing ends up in the New Year's Six or not takes nothing away from the way this team has played start to finish. And it's just been a thrill to be a part of it. Feels so good to be going to all these different venues and seeing Royal Blue not just dotting the stands but filling sections and 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 making noise and letting our listeners know when they listen to a game whether we were in Provo or somewhere else in Georgia Los Angeles that when BYU scores there are a lot of people happy about it in that stadium we'll see the same thing again tonight Greg uh their homecoming storyline is always a big one there's obviously some big players uh, from here from Southern California uh, on this BYU team, if you heard it, is, did anybody need to scrounge up 40 tickets, or, <laughs> or uh, who who are you looking for a big breakout to maybe play in front of their family and friends? I'm not sure I have an answer for that one, but I do know if you needed tickets, there are plenty to, you could have found some. <laughs> uh, if you needed to, if you needed to get 40, you could find 40. This is a cavernous venue uh, that has not been drawing particularly well the way that USC's season has gone. And so if, if a BYU fan wants to be in the building, I think a BYU fan is going to be in the building. A couple of former BYU uh, players um, on the USC staff right now, right? Uh, uh, Vic Sooto and, um, and CJ Ayu, right? Uh, they're they're uh, both on the staff, uh, Sooto with the D-line, and uh, CJ is, I think, a defensive quality control assistant is his title. So there are a couple of ties that way. And, of course, uh, you know, just you know, Jackson Dart alone uh, gives you a tie-in uh, from the Beehive State, and there are others from both sides with uh, a little more vested interest than normal with this one coming up here tonight. Tyler Algier probably is not going to chase down Luke Staley's single-season rushing record. He'd need about 247 yards to do that tonight. But he'd probably end up second on that list. Let's just spend a second. Tyler Algier coming into this game, what has he meant for this team this season? Well, he's he's been good, and he and he has been great, and he could be a legend with one more year. I do know at BYU, um, and and there's I'm not putting it past him to get the 285 yards he would need uh, to pass Luke Staley. Uh, if you know, especially if he were to come, you know, 120, 130 tonight. You know, the bowl game, I'm pretty sure they would run him until he got it, um, all things being equal. He's not that far away. He needs 142.5 yards per game in the next two games, and that's certainly in his wheelhouse to do. Uh, you know, the yards per carry number already belongs to, to Tyler for a career. He has a chance at the season number, although it's quite a stretch this year, I think. Uh, but the career number already belongs to him. Uh, he can move up a number of spots today in the single-season rushing mark and end up behind only Staley by the end of the night. And the career numbers, you know, Jamal Williams is is within reach with one more year. Of course, all this takes one more year. But, you know, most of the great college running backs who become NFL running backs have three years as the number one RB at the college level. And Tyler's had two. I'd certainly love for him to have one more. But whether or not this is it this year, 
uh, outstanding in every possible way and so crazy to realize that, that you know, the last time BYU and USC played, he wasn't even taking handoffs, and now look where he is. Well, Greg, thanks so much. Look forward to yours and Riley's call. It's coming up in about, well, you guys will take over here in about a half hour from now and get take us yeah. up to the game time. Yep, we'll talk to you guys soon again. We'll have Kalani with us with that interview uh, just toward the top of the hour. Awesome. Thank okay. you. Looking Thank you, forward to it. Thanks, Greg. Up next, we'll be joined by silent reporter Mitchell Jurgens. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the USC Trojans. I'm joined now by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch, how are you? I'm doing good, Ben. How are you doing? You know what? It's great to be talking to you and actually have a voice to do it this week. It makes me so happy. Ben, Ben, you sound great. I thought you sounded great last week, too. Uh, but uh, I love the – you've got power in your voice back, and I love it. That makes me happy as well. Let's talk some football. We're uh, about an hour away from kickoff at the Coliseum. BYU heading in to, to this USC team. And uh, the segment earlier, I don't know if you heard it, but we had voice of the Trojans, Peach Arbogast on, and he was really like – yeah, this team's not very good. Not expecting a lot. I mean, it was like you're walking. Like I'm like, don't tell the team this because you know what? It's hard not to get a big head going in the game like this. And last week, BYU went into Georgia Southern, a team they're quote unquote supposed to beat, and had a really slow start, but they kind of got it going in the second half. So if you're a BYU Cougar right now, how do you focus on making sure you come out of the gate and come out of the gate strong tonight? Yeah, you know, it, it's. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of things that you can pinpoint. Um, but, I mean, it's all mentality, right? Uh, this team, I mean, you look at college football across the board, right? There's always upsets. There's always games that don't go as you would think. Um, and this is one of those teams where, yes, it hasn't been a great season. There have been a lot of holes that USC has faced that they have in their roster. But at the same time, it's USC. They recruit incredible athletes. They've got amazing players. And at any time, I think USC can turn it on. We see offensively, right? They can score. Um, they, they can put up points. They can put up yards. They're, you're, you know, and, and obviously the top half, top, potentially top quarter of the country in, in yards per game. They know how to move the ball defensively they struggled so I mean with that mentality right this is a team that can compete they can go head to head um, and you know BYU's just got to be ready they've got to have that mentality uh, because any game you know every game especially away on the road um, in a stadium like this with so much history it's you know they can't get too caught up in the moment um, and, and just play their game of football. You mentioned it's not just another game uh, you're doing you're playing this in a, the historic venue that is the Coliseum but BYU is looking for a 10th win. What is the mentality of a player when you're playing a big game that, frankly, we were just talking about it with Greg, historic, there's history involved on the BU side of it, but you're playing in a historic venue. You played in a couple of those venues. You walk in, it's game time, the lights are on. What's that like? Yeah, I mean, what's what's really great about the stadium is there's you don't need to force any adrenaline um, because as soon as you walk on this field, you see the Coliseum. Um, I mean, these are these are. Uh, I'm well, a stadium that I know these players have watched games like uh, you know on this field, and the moment they hit that, they're going to feel that adrenaline. So there's, 
it, it's going to be it, it's going to come very naturally for these players. Um, they don't have to kind of force that spark that they're looking for um, to perform in a game. Um, and and with that, I mean, there's so much excitement involved. Now the question is, right, and, and to your question, what kind of mentality do you need to have in this type of game? Um, you know how to control that excitement, right? Don't make the, the moment too big or bigger than it needs to be. At the end of the day, right, it's a 100-yard football field. It's the same size. You've got 11 players on the opposing defense. Nothing changes from um, an execution standpoint. It doesn't become more difficult just because you're in this amazing venue. Um, stick to your game plan, right? Do your job. You hear BYU players say it all the time to do their 111th. Um, and as long as they have that mentality, I think – they're going to come in and take care of business, right? It's a vulnerable USC team. If they come in and, and play the BYU football that we've seen so far this season um, and just do their job, um, not try and do too much, I think they you know do just fine in this game and should come out with a victory. So um, I think that's mentality. Um, yes, it's a lot of excitement. They're going to feel that adrenaline and then just uh, do what comes natural and go to work. Either you and Riley compared notes before doing pregame today, or you guys as players had coaches <laughs> tell you this enough that you've I, – I got the same line from him as, hey, it's still 52 yards wide, 100 <laughs> yards long, still grass. It's like, oh, hey, these are two former players I've heard this conversation before. You know, we didn't compare notes, and, uh, yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I'm sure we've had some coaches that uh, – I'm trying to think who would have said something like that because, obviously, we pulled it from somewhere. Um, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll give Bronco credit. Yeah, we'll, we, we have we'll to. Just, we'll yeah. just give Bronco credit. Hey, uh, the BYU linebacking core has been decimated by injury this season. And uh, when, when you when you ask the team about this, you get the next man up mantra, speaking of coach and player talk. But besides the next man up, I mean, the linebacking core needs some help other places on that defense. So what other, what other positions or players on that defensive side of the ball can really step up and help the linebackers tonight? Yeah, so I mean, I think that the obvious answer here and, and where it needs to be is the defensive line. Um, you know, if the defensive line isn't dialed in, you're going to put way too much pressure on those linebackers to make play after play. Um, and as we've seen, right, yes, Ben Bywater, he's been great this season, and he's got the most experience um, of, uh, of the linebackers that will be out there. But, you know, we saw Morgan Piper get a lot of reps once Max Tooley went out. Uh, fortunately, we should, uh, I mean, I believe he should be back in there uh, today. But with that, you know, with the rotation, you're going to see guys that just haven't seen the field much. And so if the defensive line can take care of business, if they can, you know, stuff runs, get, you know, put pressure on the quarterback, that takes a lot of that pressure off of the linebackers. Um, but on, on top of that, going back to last week, when Max Tooley went out of the game and, and we were down um, significantly when it came to depth at the linebacker position, we saw Jacob Robinson in the secondary really step up and um, kind of take control of that second half with his two big interceptions. Um, and so when I look at this, the secondary, if they can force some turnovers, come up with some big INTs, nothing switches momentum or flips momentum like a turnover and so you know i i see the entire defense kind of coming together and saying look we may be we may be a little bit weaker with with key players gone at the linebacker position um but it's going to take all the other guys to come together the secondary the defensive line to really pull their weight and and almost diminish a lot of that pressure that the linebackers are feel um with with those key players gone and let's close with this. Let's talk a little bit about uh, – we just did it with Greg, but I want to get your opinion on this as well. Tyler Algier, an outside shot of surpassing Luke Staley's single-season rushing record. Um, it, it's not going to happen tonight more than likely unless he just goes off tonight. But right. maybe in a bowl game, 
Uh, we'll, we'll see. How special of a season has it been for Algier, and how important is he to this team? Yeah, I mean, such a special season. I agree. I mean, I'd love to see him break that record. <clears throat> Most likely won't come here tonight, um, but in a bowl game, very likely with the way that he's been running this season. Um, and but uh, when you talk about how special his season been, I mean, it's been <clears throat> remarkable. Um, you know, this is a, I mean, to me, um, the most, uh, I guess, impressive part is this is a former walk-on linebacker um, coming to BYU would have never predicted that a guy like this would be in, um, you know, in contention for the BYU single rushing record. Um, and, and so it's, it, it's been amazing. I mean, and when you look at how his play has evolved, every single game he gets better. Every single, um, or, yeah, every game week after week he gets better. Um, during the game he gets so much stronger as the game goes on and when we see him break tackles, um, like it's it's nothing. It's just easy to him. But on top of that, too, it's the breakaway speed. He's got so many tools as a running back to be successful. And, uh, you know, big shout out to Aaron Roderick and the offensive staff to put him in a position to be as successful as he's been able to be, dialing up plays for him, putting him in positions um, and uh, to succeed. It's, it's just been remarkable. So the season has been so special. Um, what it's meant for this team um, I, I mean, so much. The amount of times that BYU has clinched a win with a four-minute run-out-the-clock drive is is high, right? And it's all because of Tyler. Um, weapons like him, honestly, don't come around, and um, it, it's just a special season to watch and, and really pulling for him to get that uh, that record in the next couple games. Going from the BYU side of the field to the USC side of the field as far as running backs, Mitch, this just uh, being reported out of L.A., that – uh, running B, Trojan running back Keontae Ingram uh, not dressed and in uniform for the game tonight. He was listed as a game time decision, but looks like USC will be out of there without their top rusher tonight. So keep that in mind as you watch the game, Mitch. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, look forward to hearing from you on the sidelines tonight. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Come on the other side, we'll hear from USC interim head coach Dante Williams and the OC Graham Harrell. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on New Skin on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're getting you ready for BYU and USC. Earlier this week, interim head coach Dante Williams and offensive coordinator Graham Harrell addressed the media in L.A. Coach Williams was asked, with the struggles this season, where is the team at right now mentally? It's a saying, and the saying is tough times don't last, tough people do. So, you know, I, I think all these guys are getting more prepared for life than just football right now. So it's going to be a lot of things that happen in life that doesn't go truly the way they plan them to go, and it's going to be a challenge. And I think they're, they're learning how to deal with adversity, learning how to deal with challenges, and continue to push forward. There you go. USC looking to try to push forward and get through everything that's gone on this season. Former Corner Canyon star Jackson Dart chose USC over BYU and other schools. He'll get a start for the Trojans tonight. OC Graham Harrell talked about Dart's season and how he's performed when called upon. He's a true freshman. I think that we all have extremely high expectations for him, and he has extremely high expectations for himself. And, uh, but at times, you're going to make some freshman mistakes. He did that, and uh, we got to find a way to overcome that and, and learn from the mistakes we make and be better the next week. And finally, the last time these two teams played each other was in 2019 in Provo. 
And that game, the Cougars won in overtime. Coach Harold discussed how that off- the Trojan offense has evolved since that loss in Provo. Just from a personnel standpoint, it's a lot different. You know what I mean? And I think that a lot of times that's the, it's probably said it a lot, but, you know, I think from year to year you're going to look a lot different just based on who you have, you know. And, and uh, it could look different from game to game based on injuries or whatever, you know what I mean? And so uh, I think that we've evolved a lot of it's just from a personnel standpoint. And, uh, you know, in 19 with the personnel we had, we played in a lot more 10 personnel because we had a lot of depth at the receiver position. That's some really talented ones. You know, the further down this season we've gone, the more – it's been, you know, 11 or 12 personnel, and a lot of it, like I said, has to do with the personnel. We feel like it's the best chance to be successful, and so that's always what we try to do as a staff is figure out what gives us the best chance to be successful, what personnel settings, what what groupings, and, and what formations, and, and go try to do it. And so, like I said, I think that our personnel, especially right now, with, with depth at certain positions, has, has changed a ton since 2019, and so it probably looks a lot different. When we come back, we'll look at some other action, not in college football, but we'll look at BYU as it's another Super Saturday for the Cougars, and so far, so good. We'll give you all the information. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live, the final segment presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Just some quick scoreboard updates from BYU. The women's basketball team moved to 7-0 on the season, beating 22nd-ranked West Virginia 58-57 and winning the St. Pete Showcase. We mentioned earlier women's soccer advances to the College Cup, which is the soccer Final Four with a 4-1 win uh, over uh, South Carolina. And right now at the Huntsman Center, BYU trails Utah in basketball 18-13 with 11-43 left in that game. More scoreboard updates coming throughout the program. Coming up next is the Zions Bake Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by a local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans. And for only the second time in BYU football history, welcome inside the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum in Los Angeles, California for BYU and USC in this 77,500-seat venue hosting BYU for the first time since 2003, 18 years ago. USC was the ranked team, and BYU was on its way to a four-win season. Here in 2021, BYU is in the top 15, and USC is the four-win team. The Cougars need the win to keep faint New Year's Six Bowl hopes alive. USC has to win to keep alive hopes of playing anywhere in the postseason. I'm Greg Rubel, and I'll have tonight's play-by-play call. I am joined in our broadcast booth by the slinging, scrambling southpaw himself, the former BYU quarterback. He's Riley Nelson, and Riley, the 
preseason tables have turned. A few months ago, USC was the ranked Pac-12 South favorite. BYU was the unranked independent, facing a daunting schedule featuring seven P5s and five Pac-12 foes now in late November. BYU is ranked, headed to the Big 12 in 18 months. USC unranked, under 500, and its fans could very well be outnumbered by BYU fans at the Coliseum here tonight. This has the potential to become another one of those memorable nights in Cougar Nation. It does, Greg. And I re so recently, we uh, I took some family members on a tour of the locker room, and in there they have all the helmets of all the teams that BYU has played. But if you know that the helmets of teams that they've beat are in, they're kind of sectioned out. Anyway, not that tonight's victory would add a new helmet to that wall, but for these players, when they're in my seats 10 years down the road, to be able to take your family through and point out, yeah, we earned that helmet, we earned that helmet, we earned that helmet, to be able to point to the USC helmet and say we went into the Coliseum and came away with a win will be a, a, a memory for for all of these players, not to mention when that win meant 12 regular season wins mm. and uh, tremendous showing against all odds coming into the year where expectations were so low and they exceeded them uh, far and away. Well, last year at this time, a former Corner Canyon High School product was pacing BYU to what would become an 11-1 season. Zach Wilson was that quarterback for BYU tonight. Former Corner, Can uh, Corner Canyon single caller Jackson Dart gets the start for USC as the Trojans seek to impede BYU's path to a potential 11-win season. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. We're back after this live from Los Angeles on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues once again. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. From historic Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, we bring you BYU's regular season finale. It's the 13th ranked and 9-2 and BYU Cougars visiting the 4-6 USC Trojans. Fourth meeting all time, second in L.A. BYU 1-1 one one against USC in Provo, looking to improve to 1-1 one one against the men of Troy on their home field. It's BYU's first visit here since 2003 when Reggie Bush was terrorizing defenses. This year's USC squad, considerably less daunting. Uh, electrifying wide receiver Drake London done for the year due to injury. And the quarterback situation and a little bit of flux. Keaton Slovis has been replaced by freshman and Kaysville native Jackson Dart. And Slovis is unavailable tonight. That said, USC can still get some things done on offense. Trojans averaging 30 points per game over the last three. But defensively, USC's been in a spot of bother. Uh, its last five opponents have all scored 31 or more. In my pregame conversation with Kalani Sitake, he talked about how some things about USC kind of stay the same through their ups and downs on either side of the ball. Tons of talent. And so you, you see, uh, I mean, they have a bunch of five-star, four-star guys on their on their um, roster. And so they, they were ranked those high stars for a reason and because they could run, they're athletic, they're, I mean, they're strong, and so then they're big. So that's on film. Um, we played against some big guys, and we played against a lot of five-star, four-star athletes. And so, you know, for us, it's not really focusing on them. It's what can we do as a team uh, to make sure that we're at our best tonight. And that, that's, that's been the focus the entire week. I like the, the practice and the preparation, and let's see if we can put it together tonight. What do you feel best about what you are doing as a team right now? I think everyone's gelling together. I mean, obviously, it should be that way because they're towards the end of the, end of the season. 
season. This is it for the regular season. I, I promise the guys, let's empty the tank completely. Uh, let's, let's, I mean, there's not going to be a drop left of energy. We have to just do everything we can in this game uh, to play the full 60 minutes. Uh, and and we're, we're, I think we're ready for that. I think we've, we've had a great mindset the entire season. Uh, we've learned a lot of lessons along the way, win or lose. And uh, I like our mindset right now going to the final game of the year and, and uh, before our bowl game. But this is going to be a lot of fun. A quarterback that uh, many on your staff is familiar with will get the start for USC tonight. A uh, fellow from Corner Canyon High School, Jackson Dart. Yeah, great talent. And, you know, he's been trained by some really good coaches and, and uh, John Beck being one of them. So, uh, you know, he, he's uh, you can see it on, on film. I mean, like I said before, that this team's loaded with a bunch of recruits that, and, and talent like that. And, uh, you know, they have Jackson that's a, that's a quarterback but I'm sure at every position they have uh, guys that, have, that were the top at their school, top in their area things like that and so uh, you know, this is not an individual game, it's a team game so we have to play uh, our 111th, all three phases have to complement each other and we have to be really aggressive in the way we coach these teams, this, this, this game tonight USC lost a really good one at wide out in London but the coverage hardly bare out there. Yeah, ton, I mean the, they have a lot of other talent I mean I think he's the best receiver in the country but um, you know they have tons of guys that can make plays. We've seen it on film. Um, uh, it's going to be a tough task, but I think our DBs are ready for it. I think, uh, you know, we have to have our pass rush get there, and we have to complement the pass rush with, with coverage as well. So it's going to be it's going to take, you know, all our guys doing their job, and, and, and when the play, when there's an opportunity to make a play and get turnovers, we have to do that. You get a reinforcement back on the O-line. Uh, Campbell Barrington is, is ready to go, but Braden Kime played well in place of him. Yeah, and we think Braden's going to take the first snaps, um, but Campbell's ready to go. He can, he can play, and, and uh, we feel good about where he can fill in with the rest of the guys. I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be good. It's, it's good to get more guys back, and, and uh, having Campbell back on the trip and on the available to play is big time for us. Is there something inspiring about coming to uh, the Coliseum and playing this game here tonight? Well, just a lot of history here, and uh, the guys are ready, though. I think that they're, they're embracing the opportunity to be here. I think we're going to have some good representation. Um, I told our guys to embrace it and have fun. I, I don't think uh, the building should make them feel at all nervous. I think it's just embrace the opportunity, uh, look at the fans, and know they have tons of support, and, and you owe it to yourself and your family to go out there and have a good time tonight. There's more football to play after tonight. What would getting to 10 regular season wins uh, mean to you in this program? Well, I haven't really thought about that. I think you, you've known me for a long time now, and you know that the emphasis has been to be at our best every week. I think we've done that quite a few weeks this year, um, and this is another moment. One, The last one chance we have, uh, last chance to do that in the regular season, and, and, and uh, it's, it's nice that we get to empty the tank and give it everything we got. And, and uh, But I, if we can match with the mindset and the preparation that we had all week, I think we're going to be just fine. What do you want to say to your team before they take the field tonight? Oh, we're going to have a good time, man. I, I really don't uh, – I don't think there's anything I need to stress. These guys know what they what, – what's what's at stake. They know uh, the opportunity that's there. Uh, I think my job is just to help remind them. But I, I'm going to show them a good time because that's what i got to do as a head coach is be the best cheerleader out there and uh, let them know that we can overcome any, any deficiencies or errors with energy and effort. And, and I look forward to seeing our guys play and, and performing at their best tonight. And you already mentioned it, but we expect to look up in the stands as usual and see that that royal blue and, and hearing Cougar Nation represent here in Southern California. They've, they've come really strong for, for not just football, but for every sport. And uh, we really appreciate them. And we want to show them how much we love them by giving them a W tonight.
And as we talk, women's soccer is just wrapping up uh, a win that gets them to the Final Four for the first time in Jen Rockwood's career. I know you give kudos to Jen and, 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 and that team. Yeah, just happy for them. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do after this. But uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. And, and I'm just telling you that uh, Cougar Nation believes that they can have a, a, a they can be a powerful force. And look what happens. We're going to the Big 12. We're, we're getting in, in ranked in a lot of different sports, and, and, and we're winning. And, and that's, uh, that's a big part of what – Kruger Nation and the Rock can do for us. All right, well, here's to another win tonight. Kalani, thank you for the time. Best of luck in this one. We'll talk to you post-game. Let's go get it. Thank you. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, and this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar kickoff show is coming up next, live from Los Angeles on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth alongside Riley Nelson. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum as tonight the BYU Cougars play for a second consecutive double-digit win season. BYU visiting USC, Cougs 9-2, Trojans 4-6. Trojans have to win their final two games of the season to get bowl eligible, but USC hasn't won back-to-back games at any point this season. Wow. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson coming to you from the Built Bar broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens reports for us from field level and the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Well, the chances are still slim, getting slimmer, but uh, two loss, BYU still in the New Year's Six mix at 13th in the college football playoff rankings. Cougs are on the fringe of consideration for one of the big bowls. Uh, Yes, a few more things would have to happen, uh, but no result more important than a win for BYU tonight. Yes, it's been a down year for USC, but if BYU can not only play well, but win convincingly a victory at the Coliseum, is another feather in the cap for the Cougs. And uh, Riley, a 10-2 record with six P5 wins would be a pretty bold statement. I was talking about this earlier with Ben Bagley on pregame live, and I feel like that has to be, uh, should they take care of business tonight, that has to be put in consideration as far as the best, uh, one of the best performances by a BYU team in BYU history. They have, because of all the distinctions that you just mentioned, uh, built into this schedule and their performance against that schedule, this team has, por- has performed exorbitantly well. Well, BYU gets to this point uh, with... Uh, kind of a war of attrition being waged on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yet on the offensive side, a standout performers uh, led by a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. That's how you want to do it, right? Uh, Jaron Hall, top 20 in pass efficiency, top 25 in total offense. Tyler Algier, top 5 in rush yards and rush TDs. He's top 10 in scoring. Puka Nakua, top 20 in yards per reception and one of the top deep ball threats in college football. Riley, to have special seasons you need special players with big number seasons. And the Cougars' top trio, what's well, as good as it gets? 
and it's all built upon the foundation of an offensive line that has weathered really unprecedented adversity to, for them to be able to start as many players as they have and be able to continue to support Tyler Algier in the run game, continue to keep Jaron Hall healthy by protecting him in the pass game and giving Jaron Hall sufficient time to allow Puka Nakua to do what he does so magically down the field. It really is just from an offensive standpoint, this uh, team has just checked every box and has been a pleasure to watch week in week out and I'm excited to see him play one more time in the regular season here tonight. He is Riley Nelson this is the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show and it continues after we remind you to stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires the team you trust. We'll have more of the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show live from Los Angeles right after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the uh, big O, or rather the uh, BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues. We're here at the Coliseum in Los Angeles, where earlier this year uh, the Trojans allowed 40-plus points in three consecutive home games for only the uh, – First time in school history. Wow, USC's defense ranks 116th in yards per play allowed, 103rd in points per game allowed. BYU, meantime, top 30 team in points per game scored and top 10 in yards per play. Riley, as we saw uh, again last week at Georgia Southern, the best defensive plan to attack BYU is to keep the offense off the field by shortening the game and running the clock. The only thing really holding the Cougars back at times this season has been the limited number of possessions at their disposal. Of the top 20 teams nationally in yards per game, BYU snapped the fewest plays. Craig, that would be a tremendous deviation from this USC offensive game plan to go from, in spite of their struggles, really high-flying. They yeah. still run up tempo. They still throw the ball all over the field. They have quick possessions. They don't They don't play the time of possession game. So if they were to come out and do that here tonight against BYU, it would be a real big deviation. I, I rather think, on the contrary, this is probably going to end up being one of the top as far as number of plays uh, for the BYU offense as USC is going to come out and do their thing. And uh, it'll be an opportunity for BYU to have a lot of fun, score a lot of points. All right, time now for the Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature at Hyatt Place Provo. Your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority, and there's no greater comfort than handing the ball off to Tyler Algier, who is one of only five FBS players with 18 or more rushing touchdowns this season coming in two today with a score today. Tyler will tie the BYU career record for most consecutive games with a touchdown. He already has the BYU career record for most consecutive games with a rushing score. He average, If he averages 142 and change over his last two games of the year, he'll break Luke Staley's BYU single-season rushing record. By the end of the day, it's likely that he'll be second only to Staley in single-season rush yardage. He's already BYU's career leader in yards per carry. So that's a lot of numbers there. Riley, the last time BYU played USC... Tyler Algier was not even a running back. He was trying to tackle running backs. Greg, and that doesn't even feel that long ago. And, hey, he's also known for all those accolades in the rush game. He also had a pretty important tackle earlier against Arizona State, so he hasn't lost those skills. But, boy, am I glad that Coach Sitake and Coach Roderick and the rest of the staff has developed his skills as a running back because he's emerged, as you pointed out, as, as one of the greatest 
seasons that a running back to ever don the Y on their helmet has put together. I expect that to continue here tonight. This BYU defense, or sorry, this USC defensive front is yet to find their rhythm. They're yet to find their ability to stop it up the middle. So while I do think there'll be plenty of high-flying opportunities for Puka and Jaron and company to make plays through the air, I expect Tyler to have a big game and uh, his five big hogs up front to do some work against this BYU, against this USC front seven. We are back with more of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Los Angeles. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Coming up, number 13, BYU visiting USC in the Cougars' regular season finale. After tonight, the Cougs will wait and see how conference championship weekend unfolds before the final CFP rankings are released, and BYU gets its postseason destination. The Cougars ticketed for the Independence Bowl, unless something bigger and better were to come along. Much has been made about BYU's success this year against Pac-12 teams. A win tonight would give BYU a 5-0 mark against Pac-12 this season, and joking about an Honorary conference title aside, this season has been good preparation and a reasonable indication of what kind of competition BYU will be providing when the Cougars hit the Big 12 in 2023. At the same time, Riley, the swath of injuries this season also represent a reminder that you can never have enough depth and the depth will continue to be tested in the new P5 dynamic. Depth is the most, is the, injuries are inevitable, and so depth is the single most important attribute to have from a roster top to bottom. Obviously, your individual players, the way a quarterback plays, you know, can it, he can increase his chances of staying on the field. The amount of work that's done in the offseason as far as flexibility and strength and injury prevention, that, that can increase your chances. But regardless, football is a violent game where injuries are bound to happen. And so you need two things, Greg. One, you do need uh, the talent on your roster sufficient to backfill. But then second, you need players who are bought in enough that even though they're not getting starting snaps as far as game one, to have the maturity and vision to know that at some point in the season they will be called upon. And when they are, they need to step in and produce and th this entire roster has been exemplary in that regard well coming up we'll head down to field level to hear from mitchell jurgens after we tell you that mouth-watering hawaiian style food is just minutes away from lavelle edward stadium for fresh off the grill chicken teriyaki steak and sizzling shrimp coconut island grill has the island flavors your mouth has been waiting for text the word coconut to 61090 for a free drink with your next meal that's coconut, but with two K's, K-O-K-O-N-U-T, to 61090. The BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues right after this, live from Los Angeles and the Coliseum on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and USC kicking it, bottom of the hour, concluding a jam-packed sports Saturday for Cougar Nation. Women's basketball goes on the road, beats two ranked teams, including West Virginia today, to win a tournament out in Florida. Women's soccer defeats South Carolina 4-1 at Southfield to make the Cougars' first ever Final Four of the College Cup. BYU plays at Santa Clara on Friday. And men's basketball is in a one-possession game with Utah 
beginning the second half on the hill. By the way, that game can be heard right now on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app. Go to men's basketball, click on radio. You can hear the stream there or on the FM. That's how you hear the basketball broadcast. We are on the Sirius XM plus KSL 102.7 FM, 1160 AM plus KSL's apps, BYU Radio app, BYU Game Day app. Lots of ways to catch all the sports here tonight. Hope you've enjoyed the day with us so far. Let's head down now to field level and bring in former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. And Mitch, uh, even though it's been another subpar season by USC standards, a win at the Coliseum can still carry some weight. And if uh, BYU fans can carry the crowd tonight, uh, the Cougars have a chance to really cap off this already big day in a pretty big way. Yeah, Greg, it's looking, uh, I mean, the, the stands aren't completely full, but with what fans are here, um, it's looking like a great turnout for BYU fans. Um, so BYU will honestly have its traditional road game showing with a lot of energy and noise coming from Royal, Be uh, Royal Blue tonight. Um, but honestly, whether you know USC is having a good season or not, a win here at the college season to get to 10 wins on the regular season for BYU is, is fabulous, right? Um, it would be more fabulous if they can do that in a demanding fashion. Um, but what a win does here is, you know, you mentioned this before, it gives BYU five wins and zero losses against the Pac-12, six Power 5 wins. And for us as fans who love to play the what-if game, it keeps BYU in the conversation for a better bowl game when it's all said and done. Um, and on top of that, assuming BYU basketball takes care of business against Utah, um, shout out to women's soccer for getting the win today. Um, a win here for BYU football could cap off a pretty great Thanksgiving weekend for the Cougs. And Mitchell, we should note, uh, you, you did some traveling this week. You were back home in Texas. Yeah, back, back home in Houston uh, for Thanksgiving. Flew out to um, here to L.A. on Friday. So we went from uh, my family in Houston to my wife's family here in the San Diego, L.A. area. So it's been... Uh, a great weekend to see some family and uh, that's uh, not in Utah. That is Mitchell Jurgens down at field level here at Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. BYU and USC are just moments away. Coming up next, Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kick. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Los Angeles on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.